begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It's Chris with Ben and Milton for Outer Rim Transmission, episode 138. We've been asking for it. Lucasfilm finally gave it to us. We are talking about The Bad Batch, season three, the final trailer for this awesome animated series. We're going to get into the weeds, guys, as you could usually expect from the channel here at Star Raptor. I'm going to get into the nitty gritty of it all. We took a ton of screenshots of this trailer. Some big revelations, characters surviving that we thought were dead. Some huge head-scratching things in this trailer. We're going to break it down, provide our usual speculation, theories, all that good stuff as us good Star Wars fans tend to do. So, Milton, how's it going? I know you have something you want to tell us right off the bat. Oh, uh, no, things are going great, man. Just um, glad to be on the podcast, talking some Star Wars. It's a good NFL weekend. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's my weekend Star Wars. We'll get into it after our introductions. All right. And Ben, I know your your attention is also split maybe a little bit between this and something else right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, uh, it's been a good weekend working out, being on the diet grind. Like I told you guys at the beginning of this, hey, I'm down 11 pounds now, so things are going well. Um on the road getting to getting shredded again so it's been fun and then you know it's watching some nfl football and stuff so it's been a it's been a really nice time and yeah i can't wait to get in and talk bad batch with you guys tonight it's, it should it's fun and it's about time we finally get a trailer and we don't even really have to wait that long for the show which is that much more refreshing oh yeah we're gonna get into all that because besides the trailer they told us when it's coming out and they gave us episode titles and episode airing dates for all those said titles. So, yeah, we got the full shebang there. But I'm going to leave it, throw it over to you, Milton. Uh, I have an idea what it could be, but go ahead, share it for the audience out there. What's your week in Star Wars? Because I don't actually have one. <laughs> yeah, so like I told you guys last week, you know, I've been making, uh, well, not making, but asking my girlfriend to watch the Star Wars films with me in general. So we finally have started the sequel trilogy, um, and we watched The Force Awakens about a couple months ago. She enjoyed that one. I told you she's not a big fan of Kylo Ren because she hates him for killing Han Solo. So over the last three days, we've watched The Last Jedi. So I need to go to my messages as I pull up her information. So we finished it this morning, actually. All right. And this is her conclusion. Biggest issue was the lack of plot. I wouldn't watch it again like I would most of the other ones we've watched. Hmm. The Luke, Luke storyline didn't bother me as much as you at first until the end. The Force hologram, the Force hologram seemed so anti-Luke and felt disrespectful to his character that he ended like that. Kylo Ren is scum, and I didn't like that Kylo Ren. I didn't like the Kylo Ren storyline and Ray storyline. So what she's saying there, she didn't like the whole prisoner minds for Skype stuff that they did. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And then she's like, I did like the continue continuization of Ray's story, but even that felt drawn out. Um, Rose and Finn connection was fine, made sense until the end when she kissed him. That was weird. And then she said her score <laughs> out of 10, 4 out of 10. What? I think, yeah. I, I think that's a really fair, fair assessment. I was ready for you to tell us that she absolutely loved it, actually. No, no, no. Um, it's funny because I, I told her, I said, you know, 
if you don't like Kylo Ren after The Force Awakens, you're really going to hate him after this movie. And I said, you may even hate him more after The Rise of Skywalker. Um, but she she did thought it was weird that they made Luke a coward and made him, like, scared. And she's like, mm-hmm. like Luke's optimistic. Luke's a hero. And she's like, he he's always been optimistic, and he's always wanted to, like, push through. And I'm like, absolutely. That's what we all felt Luke was and has been since we was introduced to him from, you know, the first movie. Well, see, the good thing, the thing about that is, Milton, um, the the um the cool thing about like having an audience like her for example like a real general you know like a general type person is like you know it's not you know like that's just like one like litmus test to point to like that's not just us like crazy hardcore luke fans that were mad or like are like not fans of that decision it was you know that translates just to really general people because like you know my my grandma like i've referenced my grandma so many times on this podcast now but she's you know, she's been a Star Wars fan since it came out in 77. And, like, you know, those were her her thoughts about that movie. Um, it was very similar to what your girlfriends were um, in terms of, like, Luke's character. So, like, um, you know, stuff like that just kind of shows, like, you know, some people online think, like, fans are just overreacting to things. When a lot of times, like, you know, the general a lot of general audience people probably think like that. Because, like, you know, general audience members don't sit and overthink movies like we all do. They watch it, assess it, and, like, move on, basically. And, uh, you know, that's a fair assessment, though, by your girlfriend. Yeah, I thought it was, too. I think she did a really good job at breaking down, like, her thoughts. Um, And like I said, I told her I didn't want her to be tainted by my, you know, viewpoint of this movie. Because I told her, I'm like, I don't like this film. I said, there's there's a couple parts of the film that I'm like, oh, it, it worked. A few parts here or there, but... You know, like the whole casino planet thing. I mean, she said this was kind of a waste. Uh, she's like that. That really didn't put. And the biggest thing she said, she's like, nothing really happens in the movie. She's like, she's like, the plot just sits there. And I'm thinking, okay. And and that, when she said it, I'm thinking she's absolutely right. What is the actual plot of this film? Because she said in the other movies, something happens in Act One that leads up to, into Act Two and Three. You know, and she's and she did a good job explaining that how like in most of the movies this happens because this leads into that later. And I was like, Yeah, you're right. And she's like, in this movie, she's like, I felt like anything that happened in act one didn't really pay off in act two or three. And I was like, Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, looking back on it. Yeah. But again, she she's not a fan like that. So for her to say that, I was like, Okay, like that that's that's fair. Yeah, that's a really fair, fair yeah. criticism. First off, I got to say, I, I applaud her for the plot points because oftentimes on the internet, you're getting people out there just say, this is crap, this is garbage, and they give no explanation, no defense on why that is, and it's just childish and I'm tired of it. But at least she was able to process her thoughts in, in a meaningful way. And yeah, because the plot thing, I'm sitting here racking my brain like, okay, what was the plot for The Last Jedi? Because last we left off in The Force Awakens, they were victorious. And then I guess in this this whole thing, they're trying to replicate the Empire Strikes Back in a way where it's like the First Order is all power dominance. They're they're taking down the base in the car like they did on Hoth. They're doing this. They're, re- they're on the run just like the Rebels were on the one run in Empire Strikes Back. And you get to the end of it and nothing really happens. It's like, oh yeah, Leia, Leia basically says like, we have everything we need right here. And um, the story just ends. So if anything, it's just like, it's just about the downfall of resistance, them getting crushed, and then 
Ray her ultimate mission that she has in, in, in Last Jedi already was succeeded in the first two minutes when the whole idea is her going to just meet Luke Skywalker. She meets Luke Skywalker, mm. and that's basically the movie. Like, there is that much going on there. So I could see from, like, the surface perspective and from her perspective, she's, you know, justified in, in those thoughts because, yeah, you're right. Like, from a plot, a lot happens from a story standpoint. Like, Ray going through a lot of stuff and trials and kylo and all that the force stuff but uh yeah no i could definitely see from that perspective right that's and cool. then also didn't like the whole like the whole snoke scene where he gets off and uh, oh that was awesome i gotta say I, even on the first viewing i liked that one quite a bit yeah, she wasn't like she i mean the the, the, the the spectacular she's like okay you know i can see the visuals but she's mm. like like it's kind of stupid because she's like she's like i called it he's gonna get killed blah blah oh, okay Okay, like she she was paying attention and like she was like, yeah, it's just this isn't a rewatchable one for her. Mm. Uh, and I, okay. I agree. Fair. And I told her, I said, you might enjoy the Rise of Skywalker better than this one. You mm. know, but I, I said that movie still might make you mad. I feel like the thing about that movie is like us three and like other people, a lot of people may just have like general criticisms of it in the fandom. But I feel like at minimum that movie is probably uh it's close to probably the most fun out of the three movies i would say with just just the random different things that happen in that movie like just fun like campiness adventure like you know mm. it's just a uh, you know that movie is just so snappy it's just scene to scene to scene to scene True. to scene to scene um i feel like um yeah i'm interested to hear what she has to say about that one because it's it's much more snappier and upbeat so she might uh she might like that one coming off of the last jedi all right, so getting into the show proper, I'm very much looking forward to seeing uh, or hearing about our thoughts for Rise of Skywalker as well as the rest of the audience here. We'll be waiting on bated breath to find out what that final, the final score for the last of the sequels will be. Did she give a score for The Force Awakens, by the way, by any chance? Uh, no, I don't think she did. I'm sure if I ask her, she'll give me something, but I, don't, I know she liked that movie. She actually thoroughly enjoyed it. She loved... She loves Finn. Like, Finn's her guy. She loves mm. Chewie. She loves Finn. Um, yeah, and, and, like, she likes Ray, I believe. But I, I think she actually she liked that movie. I want to say, if I had to guess, it'd probably be a 7 or 8 you mm. know, for her. Okay. I'm sure she'll text <laughs> All right. Um, so, getting into the show proper, we got some housekeeping in order. Uh, you can go ahead and download this episode on any podcast platform spotify apple amazon and more make sure you go ahead and give us a review also if you're watching on on youtube go ahead give us a like it'll help spread uh the news that we're doing a live stream and of course you guys want to be part of a positive star wars community here in the live chat as we always have it uh every sunday at 7 p.m eastern right here on the star raptor youtube channel so getting into things for out this week Ben, I'm not sure if you read this, but the Thrawn Alliances miniseries has begun in comic book form. Have you read the the, the 2017 Thrawn novel by Timothy Zahn um, or listened to it or anything? I read, I read whatever the I don't I don't I don't remember the exact names of each of those books, but I read whatever the first Thrawn book was that came yep. out under Disney. That's the okay, one. Okay, that's that, that, that that's the one that I've read before. Okay, so they've also adapted that first one into comic book form. Um, mm -hmm. 
and they've now done alliances of one of four issues out issue number one great great job uh even timothy zahn is actually writing this too which is really cool because the first adaptation um it was only uh, Jody Hauser. I, I, I don't want to put her down, but only she's a great author in her own right. Um, so it's really cool that she's being able to tag team it with the with the man himself, Tim's on. And I think that shows because this was a really jam packed issue and it covered all the ground. And it's just this is that book for those of you that are unaware. Throne Alliances came out eh, maybe 2018 or something like that, 2019. And it's that Vader and Thrawn story where vader is working with thrawn to find out what this big darkness power coming out of the unknown regions is and then there's a parallel story in a past where it's thrawn working with anakin skywalker so it's this really cool dichotomy juxtaposition of like the clone war story with padme and then it's the the contemporary story in the present day with the galactic civil war this is the first appearance of the grisk so i'm very very excited to finally see what they're going to be uh, what they're going to look like because we have not ever seen an official image of what the Gris look like so we're finally going to get that here and I still firmly believe I at least I hope that they are you know revisited in a future yeah. on-screen version of Star Wars oh yeah that that'd be awesome um to have that um to have that happen just because it would just open up a new it would just be kind of our you know our pseudo using Vong like yeah. hearing. You know yeah. that's 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 basically what it they would be, which would be cool because it's like give us a bigger threat like that everybody's scared of, not just the rebels or not just um the the Jedi or whoever's scared of. Like make it be a bigger bigger threat that even the Empire is scared of. Um, so that'd be really cool. And then like another little um side thing about that, even that first Thrawn book is, I think one of the coolest things about that is just the relationship between Thrawn and and anakin slash vader because mm. you know i like that like thrawn never directly addresses to him that he knows he's anakin yeah but he but he says like little lines just to get little side yep. shot jabs at him just to get vader tensed up even though you know vader knows he can't really kill thrawn because he's like such you know mm-hmm. like a high up person so um you know i i like that you know thrawn puts in just some little quips at vader just to like you know to rile him up basically <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's um, pretty fun because even in this very first issue of Thrawn Alliances, there's a moment where they're aboard the Chimera, you know, the flagship of Thrawn, and Thrawn's um, commander, Commander Faro, has a suggestion because they're trying to figure out this anomaly, why they got pulled out of hyperspace. So Commander Faro's like, um, if you'll allow me to say something, and she says something, and Invader cuts her off, and is like, and he looks at Thrawn, he's like, you allow your underlings to, to suggest things like this? He's like, and 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 Vader gives an order to this other person, says, "No, you got to do this." And then Thrawn says, "Belay that order." No, you're gonna do this. And then Vader's basically, like, "If you ever do that again, I'm gonna basically kill you." Is what he says. He doesn't say that exactly, but you can tell, obviously, like, oh crap, like these two guys are duking it out. And and Vader usually, he has power for everybody, but like you said, you know, between Grand Moff Tarkin, you know, Grand Admiral Thrawn. These are the only contemporaries to Vader that yeah. he actually has to respect to a certain degree. Well, look cause... at Tarkin. I mean, look at Tarkin in A New Hope. Like he literally, mm-hmm. when um, Vader's choking, uh, what's his name? He says, "Release him," and like yeah. Vader actually listens. I know. So it's cool. It's cool seeing that sort of, um, you know, that sort of thing. And it's cool, even just you know, saying uh, saying about him. It's cool that with like Tarkin as well as Thrawn, they like kind of like like pseudo retcon slash added you know the backstory relationships because you know we see anakin and tarkin having a relationship in clone wars 
and then like you know we have thrawn and anakin being in you know in the books and stuff and like you know it's cool like they've added in that sort of um also anakin connection to both thrawn and yeah. tarkin's character yeah and then this is really cool because in the last episode of ahsoka it's referenced that Thrawn knows Vader, and this is why he knows Vader from this story. So I like how Filoni just threw that in there. Like, yeah, us book fans are, are cheering in the background. Like, yeah, it all counts. Everything, paper yep. going into on screen, it's there. <laughs> so this is that story. If you're interested in on what those yep. adventures were like, well, this is going to be the Thrawn Alliance's ad ad adaptation for you guys coming out. And I have a longer discussion as always, every Wednesday with Matthew over on the Star Wars Underworld YouTube channel or on the Tractor Beam show there every uh, Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, breaking that down. Next week is a another big week for comics. It's been a very big month for Star Wars comics because a couple weeks ago we had the Bounty Hunters issue. That was the last one for that series. Now we have the final issue of Dr. Aphra in issue number 40 coming out uh, this upcoming week. So um, another character that we don't know the fate of. I highly doubt she's going to get killed off or anything like that. But it'll be very interesting to see how that series concludes nonetheless. Uh, there was another comic that came out this week, another High Republic comic, High Republic Adventures issue number two. So more on that, you can get into that with my video review of both of these issues I talked about on this channel right here as well. All right, getting into We have a couple like smaller news stories I want to jump into before we get to the headliner for this week. Uh, the first one being, speaking of comics, you guys are going to like this one as well. Uh, Darth Maul. Black, white, and red is revealed. So in April, we're going to get this Darth Maul four-issue miniseries anthology series about Darth Maul before The Phantom Menace. We're, we're getting a lot of prequel tie-in content, guys, for the 25th anniversary of The Phantom Menace this year, right? We have Mace Windu number one coming out, I think, next week or the week after. We're getting uh, like two prequel books in the glass abyss which is a mace windu novel as well as the living force which is a pre-fan of menace novel we're getting a Django fett comic and now we got an announcement of a darth maul comic so prequel fans are eating good this year already and this is cool because i don't know if you guys know about the concept they, they did a darth vader black white and red nope. earlier last year and it's basically all supposed to be mature ultra violent no holds bar on, on all these really evil, vicious characters. So it makes perfect sense that they're doing this for Darth Maul. I mean, first of all, as Matthew pointed out, this guy is literally black and red. So why wouldn't you have him as the poster boy for this kind of thing? So I'm excited. They put out a little bit of a uh, synopsis for the very first issue. Again, there's going to be different writers and a creative team for art on each issue. But the first issue is pretty cool because he's going to go on a mission for Palpatine to go after this final occultist, this different faction that's introducing this issue, uh, stirring up things. He's got to go on this transport and just destroy him. So I'm all for this. Like I want to see more adventures about Maul before Phantom Menace because we did get that one miniseries, you know, Darth Maul miniseries, literally, uh, with him, Cad Bane, or Singh, all these cool bounty hunters teaming up to go after a Jedi. Obviously, he can't really be doing too much with the Jedi because... Yeah, it kind of would ruin the story of Phantom Menace, but it is really cool nonetheless to see more Maul in the in the underworld. So I'll throw it over to you, uh, Milton. Uh, would you, if if you were to pick up comics, would you pick up a Darth Maul comic such as this? I mean, yeah, it's, he's a he's a very yeah. fascinating character. We really don't know too much about him per se, in the sense of I mean, we understand where he comes from, mm -hmm. how he was quote unquote like created 
from the Night Sisters, you know, whatnot. But I mean, yeah, it'd be cool to see what he was doing before the prequels. Now I know if you're a true fan of Legends, you need to mm-hmm. read the Dark Vegas book where you see how he's first introduced to Palpatine. He's a baby. Um, and then how Palpatine, you know, took him to I think it was uh was it uh Mustafar? First like couple right. years. So yeah, I mean it's cool to see that. And obviously I think the was it Shadow Hunters the one Yeah. Book? Oh it's so, so like, good. Again, deep dive, man. If you if you you're a Legends fan, you know this stuff. So you get to see a little bit of what he was doing, but if this comic mm-hmm. book is given us more in depth of his character, I'm all about it. Hell yeah. Shadow Hunter is one of the Legends audio books I listened to last year. I talked about it a few times, narrated by Sam Whitworth, who does the voice, of course, of both the Emperor in that as well as Maul himself. Fantastic yeah. read. Deals with the Coruscant underworld. Just just and it leads literally up like up to the events of, of him appearing in Phantom Menace. So I'm hoping that we get we get like a you know a story that relates to that or something in, in a way would be would be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I need to get that version of Shadow Hunter because I have the original audiobook, mm. like ninety something, two thousand yep. something. So like oh, yeah. that one's okay. I hear the Sam Whitworth like version is so much better. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean that that that's awesome. It's always great getting more stories about like you know Darth Maul and like when I saw that too, I I first thought, oh man, yeah, it's just like the Vader, you know, the Vader um the Vader one from last year. Mm-hmm. So it's cool that they're doing that with him and. And also, you know, with this, it makes me wonder as well, um, are they going to, like, just continue kind of this line with, like, a featured character, like, every year, every other year? Like, you know, we had Vader, Darth Maul, like, what's next? Is it, like, um, Kylo Palpatine, Ren? Or, yeah, Kylo Ren or someone. Yeah, yeah, and Kylo, like, I could totally again, all see these Kylo char- All these sort of characters, like, I think it'd be really cool just to see, um, to see more of them i mean heck even they could do like the inquisitors or something like the inquisitor yeah. like um, yep. the whole organization like do something like that like there's so many good characters they could do um from like the bad guys perspective like it, it would be really really neat to see how they um you know would just pull it off oh yeah i mean th- this is almost like star wars visions in a way right you're you're giving creators their shot right in a comic book an artist maybe first attempt or, or even a seasoned artist to go in there and play in the Star Wars playground, not being too attached to the hip because it is just a single issue in its own anthology, right? So it's not super intrigued. It's not like super in- involved with these creators. So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. So yeah, go ahead. April, we got that coming out. So there's a couple months worth of Star Wars comics leading off in 2024. Every month we're getting a new issue of a new series starting up. So very excited for that, but something I'm even more excited for actually Eh, I, I I was about to lead in a bad batch. There's one more story. I'll, I'll mention this real quick. There has been more toy announcements. Uh, uh, you know, I, I look at these things more than I buy them. Definitely these days. But we got uh, the Hasbro fan cast uh, revealed eh, a bunch of things. Another Grogu, another Mando. Oh, big whoop. You know, more Mandalorians. Um, another Sabine. The, the big thing for me, though, was a Black Series Droideka. I don't think I've ever seen an action figure of this damn thing in 25 years. And it looks glorious. And apparently it can fold into a ball and you could like roll it across the floor. So I thought that was pretty cool. Pretty good for, even though they're giving us those more Mandos, more Grogu's. You know, it's like, okay, good. We at least got something original. Uh, besides that, there's also Grand Admiral Thrawn and the likeness of Lars Mikkelsen from Ahsoka. And it looks like hot toy quality. Like his face is... What they do with these darn figures anymore is just ridiculous. 
It looks like Hot Toys quality in this image. It's nuts. Yeah. Um, so there you go. We don't know when they'll be coming out, but you know, stop by our Target or your Walmart, and maybe you'll get lucky enough to to snag one. But into into the main event, we have the Bad Batch announced, and. It's funny how this was now. I always talk about how they make these Star Wars announcements, whether it's a random Tuesday with a new movie announcement. But yeah, they announced this on a Monday. Usually Monday, we don't really get much news on any front um, for anything entertainment-wise. You know, put on my tinfoil hat. We were talking about this last week. There was a bit of... We didn't talk about it, but we know there was a negativity in the community going around. It was like, come on, you know, just put out something now, guys. And literally that worked again. It literally worked again. <laughs> Yep. So yeah, that's uh, I say, I say it all the time. Not to let him, not to bring him any of the details, any of that stuff. But like when Star Wars, no matter what, like quote unquote side Star Wars fans are on or anything, when Star Wars fans have free time on their hands with no trailers, no announcements, no shows to talk about, etc., that's when they get bored and come up with controversies to argue about for no reason. And so that's why it's just like. We needed this trailer, and it's like, like you said, it just feels like they did that to kind of squash that and just folk put people's focus on Bad Batch, and especially since coming out February 21st, like, you know, we have um, only a few weeks, basically, to wait for it, so now, you know, fans can get excited for it, Star Wars will put out more promotion, and now Star Wars fans aren't going to be, like, bored or whatever, and in the meantime, and the like, the good thing is since we have the whole schedule for the show with the titles and everything, like they, um, you know, we know we know the dates and whatnot, so we can kind of see, like, even potentially what's coming up next. Like, you know, since like mm. this show, this show ends in May, you know, that pretty much means you know, Acolyte will probably be like June, July, August, or something. It'll be it'll be a summer show most likely because you know there's always like a little break. There's like a four mm-hmm. to six week break. So it's going to be like maybe end of June, July or August. Like maybe, yeah. maybe this, maybe Acolyte ends up in like kind of the Andor window, you know, like beginning of August or something. Yeah, I, I just um, really, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, no, that's what I was saying. I was just wrapping my point there. But yeah, I was just saying maybe that, maybe that, like with us knowing these details about Bad Batch, it's going to like let us kind of lay out the groundwork for the rest of this year for Star Wars um, content. Yeah, I love that. Being able to just circle you know, a number on the calendar and be like, Hey, this is what we can look forward to. Now we can get the speculation turning. Now I could be like, Oh, let's, let's dive into these topics of bad batch before we start talking about reviews every week. But, um, the thing that I'm really hoping Lucasfilm did bad batch dirty last year because they just started putting Mandalorian episodes the same day or whatever it was. And it's like, really? Cause like nobody talked about bad batch anymore. Once Mando came out, and, and, and season three wasn't all that good. We could all agree. Like, we did not enjoy season three as much as one or two. And, and yet, we were sitting there going, some of these Bad Batch episodes, Milton, like the, the Emperor one with the with the whole Stormtrooper program, one of the best episodes of Star Wars anything ever made, live action or animation, right? It's like, they delivered on some of those amazing episodes, and it just got washed away with, with Mando hype. So I'm, I'm hoping that Acolyte doesn't come out the same time please don't let that come out the same time well here's the thing before i get to that point uh ben detroit's up 21 7 oh, um, oh my gosh yeah brock Purdy's trash um to, to get to <laughs> about bad batch to to you're, you make a good point about last year mandalorian definitely overshadowed that show as it should because that is the 
between the two, that's the crown jewel. However, this is what season three of Bad Batch final season. It's earned its opportunity to be like a solo act to finish off its final season without any hiccups in a sense of don't put nothing to to take viewership away. It's earned this chance to finish out its se- this series with by itself, no other shows, you know, in the way. I think with how it ended, we, we should be able to focus week to week on that particular show. I, I think it deserved to have that single audience. Does, it, does, does that make sense? Oh, oh yeah. it certainly oh, well, does. 100%. Like, even, like you said, even with the third season, or with the season, last season of Bad Batch being what it was, like, it's still, in my opinion, I, I don't care what show it is, like, there should, if it's the final season of a series, like, the company producing it should allow it to stand on its own. Um, yeah. Even, like, even, like, you know, um, like, go rewind it back to, like, Game of Thrones. Like, don't get me wrong, Game of Thrones is one of the greatest shows in, in all of history, but... It would have been a dumb decision if HBO would have put, launched another show on top of Game of Thrones' final season. And they didn't, though. They let Game of Thrones just ride itself out. And that's what I I really hope Lucasfilm does it. Because the problem is, you know, there's so much hype. Well, there's so much, um, not even hype. There's so much speculation and chatter around Acolyte where it's like, you know, this is like a Jedi, Sith show. People are going to be interested in it. And if the, that show gets launched halfway through Bad Batch, it's going to crush the back half of Bad Batch's season. So hopefully they don't um, they don't cross it over. And, uh, you know, like you said, so it just earns its own time period. And then it'll give us a better marketing period for Accolade as well. Maybe we'll get, like, better interviews from the people involved, etc. And, like, more hype around that show um, leading into it. Heck yeah. So we spent enough time talking around the content. Let's talk about the content that we've seen in a trailer. We're going to throw it over to Milton. What was your first impressions of the trailer? Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Like, and Palpatine, you know, he always stands out. I mean, and that's like that. That's a blessing and a curse because he's the greatest villain of all time when it comes to Star Wars, in my opinion. But also, too, like, it's Ian McDermott. He's back. And it's cool to see, like, I'm, I'm curious... How are they going to use the Emperor, even though we know the Empire has, is growing at this point and it's becoming more powerful? And it's it pretty much it's, it's his iron fist. Like you're seeing the prime of it at this point in the sense of his creation. How are they going to utilize the, the Palpatine for it? I'm sure he's not going to be in every episode. He'll probably be in maybe two, three tops. But what's his purpose in this season? Um, so I'm curious. Oh, go on. No, but that's it. Yeah. Oh, I was going to bounce off your point there, Milton. Like, I'm really curious about Palpatine as well this season. Um, you know, that was one of my initial impressions as well was, of course, Palpatine, Ventress, and then just kind of <laughs> everything else. Um, and, like, the thing is with Palpatine that, like, makes me really interested in, in it is, like, like you said, it's, you know, he's going to be probably two to three episodes max, but he'll be really impactful. We saw how impactful he was in the last mm-hmm. season with the clone, with the Stormtrooper program. And it makes me wonder now, so like with with uh, with Ventress, um, you know, we'll get into the whole Ventress thing. But so like with Ventress, just just on the surface level with her, okay, the bad guys have to have a character because presumably Ventress will probably be on the good side. I would I would assume yeah. at some point. So so but the bad guys, it's kind of like the Ahsoka show. Ahsoka with you know you have Ahsoka, but you also have the the Dathomir witches to help Thrawn out. Okay, so. You have Ventress on the good guy's side, who, on the rebel side, who is going to be the person of, of 
competitive power level for the empire are they going to send in a vader are they going to send in you know maybe maybe we get something like um you know maybe we get a scene where it's sort of the end of the season and the emperor comes out and you know ventress has to like like save the crew or something and like you know, she kind of has to hold off the Emperor. Like, maybe the Emperor's like, oh, you're back, young one, blah, 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 mm. blah, or something, you know, you know, something like that. Because the thing is, if they just straight up use Ventress as a lightsaber wielding, like, um, almost like, not even Grey Jedi, but just a Force user, like, she would be more powerful than any of the Stormtroopers they come across. So it makes you wonder what they're going to do for, like, a power level to equalize it out. Because, you know, you know, that's kind of like how it is, like, with Star Wars or, like, even, like, you know, with you being a fan of wrestling, Milton, like, you know, in WWE, like, they're not going to just put out one amazing wrestler and then have some some schlub. They're going to have someone of somewhat competitive power level, so then it's a good match. And, like, I think we could see something like that with Ventress. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, with that comparison of wrestling, you know, you want to you wanna always build. You know, you want to always build up. Like, you want your, your baby face to be in a position where they can potentially challenge your champion or your heel, and they may have a shot. You also want them to be in a position where, oh, my God, can they actually win? You know, like, you want to always have that doubt. But, yep. um, yeah, like, I, I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how we're going to use her, because I know in the book, didn't she potentially die at some she point? She dies, yeah. okay. Yeah, so, and, and I know, like, that could be kind of retconned, you know, but we'll see. Here, here, and let's, let's let's jump off that point because that that was one of the biggest things, myself included. Going, uh, my quick reaction was watching this thing, and literally going, "What? This doesn't make any sense." I love the trailer, but I was just so gobs gobsmacked by the idea that Asajj Ventures lives. As somebody that read Dark Disciple when she gets electrocuted by Force Lightning with Dooku to sacrifice herself to save Quinlan, that was such a a really memorable death, a really great coming to. Uh, conclusion moment for her as a character arc being this evil character then sacrificing herself for the good of of this jedi like that turned to the dark side at one point like quinlan was on the dark side as the pupil of duke it's such a great story you guys got to read it if you yep. haven't already and especially now with this coming out like I've, i already seen uh christy golden the author said there's this is automatically it's skyrocketed on amazon her, oh yeah if okay so if her so here's a crazy stat guide stat guys to show you like how how interested Star Wars fans were in this whole Ventress um like controversy I guess. Um so she posted her book was in the 100,000 plus range of how far it was down on Amazon Books and it shot up to 1850. Like <laughs> it shot up it shot up 90 98,000 spots. Oh my like, god. <laughs> so like it so that's how much buzz people were clicking into her book potentially buying it looking at the reviews like clicking into it because it just shot it right up the charts on amazon and yeah it's just yeah. crazy so they're then starwars.com did their due diligence and i like what they don't usually talk about stuff like this but they already knew what the reaction of the fans were going to be they didn't want to have a crisis on their hands so they went out there with the with the article that announced bad batch they put in this little blurb here which i'll say and this is from brad Rao, who is one of the showrunners of this and he is saying we love asajj ventress he's a character that we've been working uh been wanting to tell more stories about uh, and let's say uh we don't want to spoil anything but uh but want fans to know that any new storytelling with ventress will align 
with the events of Star Wars Dark Disciples. So that immediately sets aside most doubt of like, okay, they, they aren't retconning. They're not just saying, oh, throw that book in the garbage. Uh, they're they're going to somehow weave events. And I mean, we've seen so many instances of Star Wars characters surviving more crazier deaths than this. I mean, I hate this. I hate to talk about it, but the Obi-Wan show, right? We got two people stabbed through the supposed heart with a fatal blow that came back to life. Celine Red also got stabbed through the chest, came back to life. By Vader. Pal- by Vader. Palpatine fell down a shaft and reincarnated into another body. There's always a way around it, oh. whether or not it's. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go on, Chris. Sorry. And I I'll... feel like getting zapped by lightning is probably the easiest way to wreck on that. Like the, the body's still intact, didn't explode into 50,000 pieces. It's it's not like it fell down a shaft and they have to find her body. Like her body was right there. Dooku probably when the story ended, Dooku was like, "Oh, this might be useful for Palpatine's project on Tantus. Let me de- deliver it to him." You know, it's like, yep. and I feel like that could be you know, speculative. We'll get into that speculation yeah. I, more. I, you know, I, but. I think I think a lot of it too with Star Wars. Like I'm definitely critical on how they handle canon with things because I feel like they do. It's kind of like John Campia's famous line. He always talks about this stuff. He's like, canon is canon until they decide to change it. Um, It's like, it's like, it's kind of true. But, but my thing with all this stuff, like I saw so many people like debating this story, like the Ventress Dark Dark Disciple stuff, the, um, you know, bringing up other canon instances and inconsistencies and things and all this stuff. And like, to me, at the end of the day, um, I had to pull this up to tell you guys on the podcast because I, I, uh, I, I, I knew we were going to get onto this topic. So, like, people, you know, people were debating this, like, so hard the other day. Like, it was, like, it was becoming the next thing for Star Wars fans to fight about. Like, oh, my gosh, now I don't want to buy any books and blah, blah, blah. Or, I, or I'm going to read more books, blah, blah, blah. Like, all these things. And, like, my thing is, at the end of the day, like, like, like I tweeted. I tweeted. So, just to give you an example, guys. So, this tweet. I posted had 23 23 retweets, six quotes, 258 likes, and it was viewed 15,000 times. What? Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and because it was in the heat of everybody, like it was in the heat of everybody talking about it. And I posted, um, after the release of the hashtag bad batch trailer today, I, I saw so many star Wars fans. Um, I saw so many star Wars fans just discussing and debating, can't quote unquote canon for me i don't care if it's canon or legend or not canon or whatever as long as it's good star wars storytelling it's good star wars storytelling like like that's my thing with star wars fans it's like guys okay canon is like a is a cool concept for like continuity etc but like don't let can the canon label or lack thereof canon label like make you enjoy or or not enjoy certain stories less or worse like Mm. like for example you know i've been i've been listening through the second hand of thrawn book visions of the future yeah and that's 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 been an amazing book and it's been better than any of the stories i've read recently say from or i've had like it's been better than like the bad batch stories from the show it's been better than you know a lot of the um the stories we've gotten on screen from like kenobi or mando etc but i don't care that it's not canon or not it's still a good star wars story and like you know, people need to remember that when it comes to this whole Ventress thing. Like, if you still... Okay, like, they could come out and straight up say, Hey, Dark Disciple, not canon anymore. Okay, big whoop. Like, 
it's 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 still a really good story so like like people just need to remember that when they're debating these things like it's so minutia and like at the end of the day like just because something's labeled one way or another shouldn't affect your enjoyment at all i mean like look at how many old like audiobooks you listen to milton like you listen to so many stories that are not canon but it doesn't matter because you still enjoy them because they're really good just really good fun star wars stories heck yeah but i i just had to get that in on this ventures topic because i knew i because i i just could already see like if people are listening to this or watching this like you know they're probably thinking about like the canon stuff and all that and it's just like guys we got to remember at the end of the day if you enjoy a certain star wars story just enjoy it like who cares yeah and i think with any point it's a good time to jump into our analysis our analysis yep. of this trailer so i handpicked a bunch of screenshots as we often do uh good stuff here i mean it's just it's great to know that we're still in that era that is right after revenge of the sith because they're still using a lot of clone equipment but it is fun seeing that there's actually stormtroopers piloting these instead of clone troopers nowadays um incorporated into you know the clone trooper tech like i like like, for me, I like seeing that type of a crossover just because it's kind of, you know, it's cool seeing that, like, like transition over to the Empire. Yeah, it's nostalgic for to see that for sure. Yeah, it's just, it's great to see the evolution, right? Like, that that's what Bad Batch excels at. Like, we talked about plot with The Last Jedi, right? Like, what's the point of the story? What is it doing? Bad Batch, simply put, the plot is how do you transition from a Republic to an Empire? What is the the stormtrooper look like how does it go from clone trooper to stormtrooper we're not getting a comic we're not getting a novel we're getting an entire series of like 40 something episodes to tell this story and it's been gradual but very very methodical in process and it makes so much sense again going back to the the emperor scene that we that we all quote all the time such good stuff all right oh yeah Another thing I'm a huge fan of, another thing I'm a huge fan of, is a turbo tank. We've been seeing this thing get glorified lately. Ever since Revenge of the Sith, it popped up on Wobani and Rogue One. It popped up in The Mandalorian in Season 2, Episode 7. These things have been seeing a lot of cool effects. And I, I like seeing this in action. And, and this reminds me, guys, this reminds me of the Season 2 opener of bad batch when they were on that island and there was all those bug creatures and they're running around it was very vibrant very cool and it was like you're right in the middle of the action like any good star wars story right you pick up right in the action you're just like i don't know what's going on here but i'm gonna just go with it and this kind of feels like it could be the season two opener i have no clue how it could be but i i, I just get the energy from this little like going between and you got the the one pirate queen character showing up uh fee or something like that yep you know, I, I think this is probably part of the premiere, like, three episodes. I mean, because they tend to show a lot for the premieres yep. in these, like, promos. But, no, this particular vehicle, it, it's always been dope. I mean, it's it kind of reminds me of an old video game I used to play when I was younger in, like, the late 90s called Total Annihilation on, on my computer. It looks like one of these, like, robotic, like, machine-like trucks. I don't know. It's cool. I've always liked these prequel uh, ships and vehicles. Oh yeah, it's definitely it's definitely one of the um the cooler vehicles I would say from from the prequels. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, getting into the next one here, 
So again, just seeing it, seeing it dock, seeing pick like dropping off the troopers is really neat, really neat. And oh yeah, so there's there's our first look at a battle hardened, a grizzled hunter, and it's cool because the poster for season three is is a very battered up helmet of hunter, and you know we're, we're talking about bad batches final season. I don't know if it's going to end well for some of these troopers. We've already seen one go down, right? We already seen poor Tech fall to his defeat on uh, the Iriadu, the, the home planet of Grand Moff Tarkin, actually. We've seen him fall, a heroic death nonetheless, but he's out of the picture. So this story is not going to hold your hand, as we've already seen. And, well, look at Rebels. Where are these characters? Did they just go off on their own? Did they go to Tantalor with... Cal Kestis and the rest of the crew to escape the Empire? Where the heck are they? Or are they just simply getting offed? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, they live. There's no way. I mean, like, unless, like, I don't know. I just don't, <laughs> for me, story-wise, I just don't see it happening where they all survive. Maybe, uh, what's her name? Um, Omega. Girl. Omega. Omega. She's the only one I can see surviving um, just because she's a critical part of what Palpatine wants to do with the cloning, but as for the other troopers, I think their purpose is to die. I think I think that's going to help the show get over to push why the Empire did what they did to push the clone or the uh, trooper program. So I don't know. I think I think their sacrifice might be needed, but if they do survive, hopefully it's hopefully it's smart. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna get a uh, like a pseudo Rogue One type thing. How you know each hero has their own. Um, you know, their own little going out scene, basically. Kind of how, like, you know, you saw the, um, you know, the the blind guy and the, the big guy, you know, they get taken out. You know, you see, uh, you know, you it goes to, the, um, like, Bodhi, the pilot. It goes yeah. to all these different characters. I think that's what we're going to probably get by the end of this season, maybe in the finale. It'll be like, you know, you get Wrecker having to do some big, like, strong guy thing, you know, where he has to go in and, like, maybe, like, I don't know, disarm something or, you know, something or another. And, like, you know, maybe he gets taken out, and then you, you know, it's just going to progress, progress, progress. And then it'll probably, like, you know, we had that in Legends. Heck, we even had that, I just, uh, a few weeks back, I played through the Battlefront 2 campaign. And, you know, there's literally a mission called the Clone Uprising, where you go yep. as, you go as Stormtroopers to go and wipe out all the remaining clones on Kamino. So, like, you know, there's premise for that in Legends and in video games already. So, it's just, like, I think there's a chance we see it in this could just because of all the foreshadowing for it. Oh, yeah. And here we have Captain Rex. And what I like about it, it's very subtle. It's a very subtle change. But you actually get to see a change in his in his armor, his character uh, appearance, because he now doesn't have, like, the pauldron that he had earlier in Season 2 or in Clone Wars. You see him with that, that black and blue pauldron. That is no longer on there. And if you look at him in Rebels... He doesn't have that on Rebels either. So it's kind of like that slow build up to where we see him like five years before A New Hope. At this point, we're still like hmm, probably like 12 or 13 years before we see him again in Rebels, I would assume, something like that. But uh, it's just nice seeing the attention to detail is all. Oh, yeah. It's, it's good. Those type of little tidbits are what fans like. Mm-hmm. All righty. And this, I should probably turn off the brightness, but this is a building that looks to be, I don't know, it could be Teth from the Clone Wars movie. 
because Teth was built on this like plateau in the middle of nowhere, and it was great. It was a great moment in the Clone Wars movie when they're climbing up like the the side of the face with the ATT, and there's like crazy rock music going on. So I don't know, threw this in there because hey, why not? Why not bring it all the way around full circle to the Clone Wars movie for the final season of the Bad Batch? Kind of tie a bow on that whole uh, saga and whatnot. Was this where Teth was out? They weren't working with the Huts at this point. Where I can't remember that. I know this building. I forget why they were there. Though. Yeah, they went there because they had to get the stinky, the, the rod of the hut. <laughs> <laughs> a little stinky. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Yeah, this is neat. Um, is this their ship, guys? I, I mean, the Bad Batch's ship as far as this is concerned. Mm. It, I, I forget the name of their ship, actually, at this point. I Mm-hmm. I think it is by the look of it. It's like it's the, Mar- the, Marauder. Yeah, the Marauder. The Marauder, Marauder yes. Yeah. Could this good, be the Marauder? I don't know. But it's neat to know that it's an evocative image, right? It's like, oh, ca- oh crap. Their, if their ship is destroyed, that's their home. And how how worse could it get if their sh- if their home is destroyed? You know, like it just it's it's amplifying the tension, the suspense that we could be getting from this last season. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Here we go. We got a reminder of tech. Yeah, there's some cons- there's some theories out there saying, oh, maybe he's not quite dead. I don't know, but it's a very far drop that this guy fell from. So. Saying, trying to tell me that he lived. Miss me with that. Yeah. Because because here's the thing. Like, if they honestly would bring him back, I mean, let's just ask the question. If they would bring him back, that would be one. Of, it'd be a cheat. It'd be, it'd be disrespectful for what they were trying to build in last season. Yeah. The only thing, guys, I've seen people like um, talk about this a little bit, and the only thing that makes me a little antsy about him coming back or like credence to it is like, what if the Empire recovered him? Because they were wanting to capture the, some of these clones, you know, because of their mutations and stuff. So it's oh, like, yeah. And so, you know, that makes so sense. Did, so did the Empire recover him? Yeah, that would be reasonable. However, I mean, it's just like the whole thing with like, I mean, I'm using another brand, but Marvel, like people always coming back to life or whatnot, or people not really dying. Like, do we really need that in Star Wars? I mean, I know we have some of that here or there, but oh boy. I mean, he fell. <laughs> but here's the thing. He was a human. Now, now Palpatine, now look, people say, well, Palpatine did it. Well, Palpatine was using magic to, to transform or yeah. to transition to another clone body. I don't think the clones had that type of power. <laughs> What about the idea that, uh, gosh, Hemlock? Yes, I saved myself. It's it's hard remembering names live on on a broadcast sometimes, guys. But Hemlock had recovered his goggles. Like he went out of his way to get the guy's goggles. So you know, Ben, I think you're onto something. And the rest of the people out there on the internet, you might be onto something. And I have another thing that will solidify that theory even more as we get further through these screenshots here. But what do you guys think about this? This is pretty awesome. The, 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 I don't know if this is the clones. Wait, I can't actually make it out because it's... I should have probably looked at this a little closer before just talking about it. But whoever this is, this force, whether the Empire or the, the clone uprising, it's they're, they're getting mobilized. I like seeing this many characters in animation at once. I think it's pretty pretty brilliant to see the animators throwing in this amount of of 
you know, assets in one in one go like this. So it's pretty cool to see like, hey, Lucasfilm, like, hey, you guys got to tell your story. Tell it in the most epic fashion as possible. Let's have let's see like an all out war here, you know? Yeah. Oh, I, I love this shot. I think it was one of the um, better shots, shots of the trailer. And it just, you know, it makes you interested. Like it kind of gives you like um, it kind of gives you flashbacks to the old Clone Wars or even like the, the Battlefront games. Like it just reminds you of like a battle you'd see. Right. Here's our shot at Omega. And now, in the narration of this trailer, it is said that it's been a long time. So I don't know if it's been weeks, months, maybe even a year or two. But yeah, I mean, she's in captivity with Crosshair. And they're experimenting or they're going to experiment. Uh, They want her genetic code. You know, she's tied to Boba Fett. She's tied to the clones, as we all know. So it's, it's, you know, just a check up on this character. How long is she going to be in captivity? Is she going to be broken out within the first three episodes? I hope not. But, but I don't want to see her trapped too long. I think there's a lot of room for her to grow. She grew a lot in season two for sure. She was literally a bona fide part of the crew in season two. So I'm very excited to see where her story goes. How does she develop? What is special? Do we find out more details about how special she is? Because there's been a lot of nods, but there's still so much story to tell for her. Not facts. I mean, I think obviously the biggest, I mean, she, this should be her season just because we need to know what's going to happen with her. Like, again, I, I feel like the, the main troopers that we fell in love with, with the Bad Bats are going to sacrifice themselves for her, but I don't think she's going to die, and I think this needs this season needs to really show why she doesn't die and what's her actual purpose moving forward in the Star Wars, uh, you know, saga. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm excited. I like see my thing. You know, it, that's a good point. I hadn't even really thought of like the time length she would be captured, though. You know, Chris, now that you mentioned that, like I hadn't thought of that. Even God, I watched this trailer a few times, and I, I didn't even think about oh maybe she'll be captured a while because like. I could see the show busting her out on the on the finale or something like you know breaking her out at the end of the finale at the end of the first three episodes when we watch it on the first day. Um, but then is it like or are we gonna have a situation where it's like you know um, she comes back in like the tenth or eleventh episode or something like three four you know like somewhere a little past the midway point of the season because maybe the first three episodes it's the the main crew trying to like find her or like freaking out trying to find her and then they have to get info then they have to team up they'll probably do like a side mission and then do another little side mission and then eventually get to her or something like you know are we gonna have a build-up like that where it's more of like a process for them to get to her versus like you, you know because it, you got you gotta kind of like re not repurpose like re like like walk backwards on the steps because the the thing is with her you gotta you, you gotta consider they also have to figure out how to get to Mount Tantis. So you have that whole, like, that's that's pretty much like, I would say that's like the A storyline because they have to figure out how to get there to find her to begin with. So mm. it's just, it's just that that's the mission. And that's another thing, guys, to consider too. Hey, we're going to probably see, you know, we're going to be seeing Mount Tantis like, you know, we've never really seen it in, uh. in, in, on visually. So we're going to actually finally see it after all these years, you know, hell, since it's been introduced back in the, you know the og Thrawn trilogy like so it'll be mm. cool finally getting to see that yeah and speaking of wayland speaking of mount tantis that's also where crosshair is and milton i know you and me both were just floored by that by that crosshair that single episode of him with the troopers 
his other co clone comrade and then just going down and the despicable guy that he ended up shooting at the end and we were all cheered it was like yeah that was so cathartic that was great and we've seen so much depth in this otherwise one note character i mean this guy was literally one note and yeah. speaking of one note you're looking at this image here there's so much emotion in this one frame the amount of detail and care that the animators took into like making them look just devastated like we've never seen crosshair looking like this before like he is literally broken to the bone i think i mean from what i'm seeing maybe it's a lot of regret he's having maybe he's like oh i i joined the wrong side or maybe this isn't you know what i'm saying like it could be yeah. again maybe I'm, I'm just guessing but he probably realizes oh wait my brothers probably were right the whole time you know i should have gone with them i shouldn't have been following orders like you know good soldiers shouldn't follow orders you know let's look at that um <laughs> i don't know it's like there's a lot of conflict that he's thinking about a lot of regrets he's having in his in his past hmm. oh yeah i think i think with him you know this image it just it just makes me think you know like you said milton it's going to be like regrets he's thinking about and then he's going to have he's going to be at a point in the show where you know, he has to like, um, uh, what do you call, what do you call it when you like quit the army? Um, discharge, discharge. It'll be like where he has to like get discharge or like leave, like, cause he's going to try to like go eventually go back to, you know, we would, I, like, I would assume we're probably going to be getting like, like we said, all the heroes will maybe get taken out by the end of this. And I think crosshair could be a pivotal player in that. We're like, you know, maybe our heroes are in like a critical fight and Crosshair finally like pops in and they're like, oh, brother, you're back with us. Blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. You know, we forgive you, you know, help us out, blah, 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 or something like, you know, Crosshair, I think, is going to have his redeeming moment of this show. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think this is just like kind of the first, like the seeds of it, like, you know, where he's going to start thinking about it and then, you know, it's going to really get the ball rolling. All right. And here we go with Hemlock flanked by Commandos. Clone, or not even Clone. Oh, I guess, yeah, Clone Commandos. Um, this guy kind of came up late in the game, right? We thought our villain was was Rampart for the longest time until Palpatine threw his own guy under the bus as a scapegoat for the creation of the Stormtrooper Corps. It's like, wow. And this guy, I, I dig him. He's got this sense, this sense, this aura to him. This real evil, like, doctor guy that is has this master plan and another another strong villain in star wars i just yeah he's a little bit mustache trilling true but i i do hope we get a little bit deeper into him. why what makes him this way maybe we get a little bit of his backstory this season hey he's kind of a scumbag to me he, he can he could die <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the sign of a good villain i mean just because he does he's not animated i was i'm glad they don't make him like that uh, who's the who's the general from Hux? They, they don't make him like Hux, where he yep. scream weird, <laughs> but on presence. However, he's kind of he's a snake slash scumbag who just doesn't really care about others. It's it's weird. So, oh yeah, I mean, I I think his character's gonna his character's probably gonna be our primary villain. I would say this season. Yeah, a, a big bomb that dropped, uh, metaphorically speaking, of course, is. The idea of this one character who I'm failing at the name right now that 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 runs things, scientists on Mount Tantus, the one with the goggles is is the sister of Omega, right? I think that was the last yep. episode. Yep, that was the that was the 
big, I guess, big shocking moment in the finale. But yes. So how's she gonna play into things, right? We got we 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 got this big thing with Omega being part of the Bad Batch, genetic wise, and now we have this other character. So there's a lot of mysteries surrounding another character, and that's what makes Star Wars so great. Is 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 one of the things is all the speculation and the cool little puzzles that are along the way. And this is another one that's kind of a wild card out there thrown at us. Like, don't know which way this is gonna go. Yeah, Omega Senior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it makes you wonder, right? Like, I was really hoping to see Boba Fett in this series because once they name dropped him, I'm like, oh, that's for sure going to mean that he's going to show up at some point. But I don't really think so. But I think we talked about this last, like, last season. Would it be necessary for him to be in it, though? At this point, no. If if this show was, like, maybe five seasons, I could definitely see him being part of it. But the show's got to wrap up now. I can't imagine them introducing such a big character and then just having him for like one single episode and then like, no. Like this thing, right? Last season, as much as we like this show, we got to be true to ourselves. Even though we've seen the whole thing, we were looking in hindsight. There were weeks where we got those episodes that were just like, I don't want to call them filler, but they were well, just like, okay, we had to wait a week for this episode. Like, let's get the ball rolling. We got to do things. They have no time to do that in 15 episodes for the final season yeah. this time around. Well, 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 I think I think the bit, one of the big things we came out of our finale from last year's Bad Batch was, even though it was 16 episodes, to a lot. I mean, I think all three of us agreed on it in, in the finale when we reviewed it anyways, was like, it felt like last season, even though it was 16 episodes, it felt like it was part one of a season. Like, that, that finale felt like a mid-season finale. So, like... You know, a lot of those kind of fillery episodes, maybe it was just kind of like your first half of your big final season. Yeah, true. So when they <laughs> when that guy says all that stuff, everybody doesn't Beaumont even like Kim. Re- no no or one reacts. Beaumont they Kim. just they, they just keep on moving and I'm like, Whoa, what's going on here? Like, that was some serious info and everyone's like, nah. We'll we'll just accept it. But... It's ridiculous. But to get to this point, though, Chris, about Wayland and Mount Tantus, um, I like you said, I think a lot of this does have to do with the Palpatine cloning stuff, of course. Uh, I mean, I feel like it's just obvious. But I like that they're doing this with Wayland and Mount Tantus just because, you know, um, as our listeners know and you guys know, like a few months ago, I finished up the Thrawn original trilogy. And, like, you know, Mount Tantus, the original purpose of that in those books was... Um, pretty much a cloning, you know, it was holding turns good, like, because there's a lot of parallels to what we saw from those Thrawn books with this, just to begin with, with all the clones being involved, with the Emperor being involved, as, you know, as we can see. So it's just like, there's a lot of things that are kind of like connecting and like showing, you know, just nods to those original uh, Wayland concepts. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely want to pull up the direct quote because there's a very interesting tidbit of dialogue in this trailer. It's coming from Palpatine as he's walking through Mount Tantus. He's saying, there's nothing of greater importance to secure the future of this empire. Uh, basically, he goes, whatever is needed to accomplish this goal, you will have it. So that is pure Palpatine. What the heck is he safeguarding on this darn planet that he is so... He's going to give every resource he has to to get this thing. It's like, whoa. He created. You broke up a little bit there. Can you repeat that again, Melon? 
And it's probably all the Snokes that he created. Yes. Starting. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Can you imagine if we actually see Snoke? Here's, here's, <laughs> something, here's, a, here's something to think about, guys. If we, what if, you know, like you said, there's plenty of Snokes potentially getting created. What if, you know, they're, you know, like I said, they could be going more kind of inspirations from those original books because like when Thrawn and Paleon go in and like get a tour of Mount Tantus and everything, they go in and there's a whole Coliseum full of vats of clones in there. So oh like, what if, what if we get a thing in this show where Palpatine goes in and there's all kinds of just like sleeping clone bodies like floating in tanks or something? That'd be amazing. Now, this is going to carry over of the uh, thing I was alluding to with tech. Now, who is this nondescript trooper? I am damn convinced this is a resuscitated, resurrected tech in his armor. There's even going people, there's people going online looking at the body type of tech and comparing be like, that would actually match up to whoever this mysterious figure is. <laughs> yeah, I, I could it, see it. I could see it. I could see it, right? Like, oh, man. What happens if Crosshair is the one that, that gets redeemed and it ends up the tech never gets redeemed right. after this? It's a swap. Like I said, if they bring him back, it better be for a good reason. Yep. Right here. Let's see. Getting on to. Also, as you're pulling up the next image, Chris, just to throw in there while we're transitioning to it. Um, the cool thing about all of this stuff, like us as fans, I think one of my biggest appreciations for this show, even just um, you know, the different the cool legend things we're getting in it. I just think it's so cool. Like, like for us, uh, for a lot of us, like say hardcore legends fans, like you know, like Milton and me, like. It's so cool getting Ian McDermott's Palpatine interacting with like Legends content like Wayland and Mount Tantus. Mm. Like that is the coolest thing because like you know we would have never imagined Ian McDermott's Palpatine interacting oh with gosh, what we right. read about twenty five years right. ago. Oh so my it's gosh! It's it's just it's just mind blowing because it like is. like I would have just never imagined that connection because I figured you know maybe in like a video game or something or whatever. But it's Ian. It's the actual real-life emperor interacting with an amazing iconic legends location oh man yeah you, you hit the nail on the head with that one uh we got we got wrecker here i had to, i had to throw in an image of wrecker i mean he's just going to town with his cool ass blaster rifle gotta love it you gotta love it moving oh, on yeah. moving on from that up oh, we already went through that one whoops this is the one Mig now when returns as Fennec Shand. There we go. We've seen her in season one. Let's see her again. Really enjoyed her so far in the Star Wars universe. It's great to see her back. Uh, she was squaring off against Cad Bane. Kind of, kind of owned Cad Bane. Well, I wouldn't say owned him, but she definitely bested him to a certain degree. Um, and he's also going to be back. So look, it looks like we're pulling together all the different characters we've seen. Over the last couple couple seasons of this show, which is really exciting, very cool Cat silhouette. When was Cad Bane in the uh, Bad Batch? Yeah, because remember he season was one. in season one. Remember he had Omega captured, and then he uh, Omega tricked Toto, and she escaped, and then Cad then Cad Bane and Ming Na Wen had a showdown. That's where I forgot. Yeah. Yeah, because in that one episode when he showed up, everybody was flipping out like, oh my gosh. And he ends up having a duel with well, Hunter, just like owning Hunter. Well, 
Well, yeah, because because remember uh, the way the way Cad Bane the way they do it with Hunter, um, that's when Hunter goes first person POV on the camera for us, and oh, he gets yeah. shot. He gets shot. He gets shot square in the chest, and it was a kill shot if he didn't have his special armor on. Like Cad Bane shot him square, like in the heart, like he would have been dead. Um, so, yeah. And even though Camino has been destroyed, we're still getting. Nalise is the correct character, I think. It's either yep. Nalise, it's definitely not Lamasu. Yeah, this is Nalise, the scientist we've seen all the way back in the Clone Wars. So, again, it's, you know, the legacy of, of the Kaminoans live on, even though the Empire's not using their services anymore. And, man, they, they did, did them dirty with just destroying their entire planet. So I was like, we don't want your business, but we're also going to destroy you, so you never have to do it. You never could do it again with anybody else. Like, damn, it's pretty, pretty cutthroat. But that's the emperor, the empire, and the emperor for you. That's that. That is a good reflection of history, just because. I mean, this is where I'm a nerd because I love history like that. I think it was uh, one of the czars. I think it was Ivan the Terrible. Mm -hmm. Like in Russia, like those big like buildings that look like ice cream scoops, like with the different oh, yeah. colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So I had like his architect build that i'm pretty sure it's him and then the, he asked the guy he's like he's like can you build something that's beautiful again he's like well yeah i could if i had some time like if I had, you know and he's like, okay and he scoops his eyeballs out oh my gosh yeah like, because, because he doesn't want anyone to have this type of beauty or building so i was like well i'm gonna take away your sight so you can't do this again yep. oh my i remember gosh. that story yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much what Camino is. This whole Camino situation—it's literally that. Like they take the cloning tech, most likely you know with Mount Tantus, and then they destroy Camino. Oh, guys, I really love this image. This image screams to me the clone uprising. We are seeing Commander Wolf. He's back in action. He's about time. I can only think of the commando on the right as Gregor. So that's pretty cool. Then you got like a bunch of clone troopers behind them this mm -hmm. is gonna be awesome i cannot wait to see like just a bunch of clone troopers fighting imperial stormtroopers it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing it's gonna be amazing this is from a video game oh, yeah. they're gonna make it on the screen happen i'm oh, willing yeah, it into say, existence <laughs> i was gonna say you know we're gonna get you guys know i i just feel like it's it's gonna happen we're gonna be getting like the old republic commando squad baby versus our you know the, the good guys like, cause if we get like stormtroopers versus bad guys, we've already seen Scorch, so it's just like, I wonder if they're gonna go all the way and you know give us good guys, you know, good commando clones versus bad commando clones. Oh yeah, and we also have tech. Tech is coming back. Did because he 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 ended up yeah because he ended up joining yeah i haven't if you guys haven't realized i haven't watched bad batch since it it was uh, finished with season two so some of this is murky but it's coming back to me that he had left with rex at one point he wanted to join the rebellion because he felt like the batch was just kind of floating around and they could have done a lot more so yeah we're gonna see again the whole the whole theme of this season is Everything coming full circle. Similar to what we've seen in Star Wars Rebels Season 4, right? You got all those pirate characters, everybody coming to Lothal at the time of need. It was this big, big climactic battle, and I can only see that same thing happening here. Oh, yeah. I think I, I think that's what a lot of this season's going to be about, is like the 
coming together of like all these characters, good and bad for that matter. Yeah, we got a shot of another shot kind of like season one or two where it's always Wrecker that's getting picked on by the creatures of whatever planet they're on. First, it was a Dianoga looking thing. And now it's a giant crocodile looking creature. So it's just, yeah, they're consistent. They're consistent with their, their imagery here. Oh, yeah. I always like seeing more creatures in Star Wars, though, just because, like, sometimes I feel like they're lacking, like, you know, I think, like, I mean, I mean, I think it's a fair assessment, but I think that, like, the sequel trilogy, it felt like it was kind of lacking on, like, its creatures and aliens and things. And I just like seeing more, um, you know, more of these, like, different types of creatures in Star Wars just in general. Even if it's just for, like, one scene, I just like seeing more more aliens. Like, we don't need to see only humanoid-type characters. Oh, yeah. Now, this looks like it could be a Venator cruiser, perhaps, you know? Yeah. Because I would like the idea of the clones somehow uh, requisitioning or taking over a Venator, and that's their capital ship. They'll, they'll be going from planet to planet, or they'll go to, they'll go, end up going to Mount Tantus in this thing loaded with, like, 12,000 clone troopers. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It definitely could be. Um, I mean, yeah, it, like when I first saw it, I guess my my initial instinct was I thought it was a Venator. I just I just assumed just because of the whole you know transition from clones to stormtroopers. Yeah, I, I I wish this image came out more clear, but it was a very dark shot. But this is just the exterior shot of Mount Tantus itself, just showing you there's like several hangar bays stuff that I love looking at, like the diagrams of the outsides of ships or the insides of ships and just kind of getting like a little bit miniature of like a death star kind of feel where it's like, you know, they're going into the tiny little hangar bay that has so many ships and the scale of this thing looks freaking enormous. So, and of course the final shot here, the size Ventress, everybody wielding a yellow lightsaber, such good stuff, stuff that I was going, huh? We've talked about enough on here, but and Chris Forsyth in the chat had mentioned this earlier, and he's thinking on the same brainwave as I am. Well, last we left off, she was hanging out, having a good old time with Quinlan Voss. We've gotten so many references to him, whether it be from Obi-Wan series to the Darth Vader comics from 2017 with Charles Saul, that he's alive. Can this finally be the way we see Quinlan again, rather than that dark horse issue that came out not too long ago and that was in the clone wars i want to see quinlan voss everybody in the dark times wielding a lightsaber killing some stormtroopers mercilessly come on lucasfilm don't let me down oh yeah i think i think it'd be really great like seeing ventures that was that was not an expected uh an expected um appearance whatsoever and the fact that also guys like her dialogue you know she was talking about like uh wanting to like kill someone and it's like, I wonder, you know, who's she talking to? Like, yeah. you know, and I, and I feel like, I feel like the way she's saying it too, it's not in a, it's not in a like menacing way. It's more of like, more of like, kind of like a playful way, you know, yep. some, or like, you know, it's, it's, she's definitely like just playing with somebody when she's saying that. So like, it makes me wonder who she's talking to. Maybe it could be like, maybe it's Quinlan. Maybe it's, you know, if it's, if it's not Quinlan, it, it, on paper, it pro it's not going to be any of our Bad Batch crew members because she hasn't met them. So it just makes you wonder if it's not Quinlan. I think it know, is start, them, though. If you start kind of, it, it's, 
I feel like it has to be because if not, who else would it be? Like some if of you the watch the trailer, characters? I don't I mean, know. And I, mean, they... I feel like she's going to run into some regular stormtroopers. Oh, okay. Because mm. in the trailer, they and they could do this. They did mess with the trailers, but it shows a clone. It shows her blocking blaster bolts, and then it cuts to the Bad Batch people with like surprise expressions on their face and she continues to talk and there's like mm. blue blaster bolts i don't know i feel like that's a that's literally the scene but i could be wrong you're right never trust yeah. the trailers they try to misdirect us a lot <laughs> but it's it's interesting right because you would think okay she used to be a sith acolyte she obviously would want to get revenge on the guy that killed her, but the problem is he's been dead. So what what does she do now? What is her path? What is her purpose? I like the idea of her wielding a yellow lightsaber as kind of like a neutral color where it's like, eh, maybe she's kind of like a gray Jedi. I, I, I imagine her as a mercenary, honestly. Like she's probably just going around the galaxy making money because that's what she used to do right in the Clone Wars. Like she was a bounty hunter in that latter half of the conflict right there. So it makes sense, like, okay, she's going to pick up where she left off. She's going to just go around roaming the galaxy uh, and, and just trying to make a living. But my question is, you're introducing this character now? Like, this is a huge moment, because she was a main character from the Clone Wars. And not to get too far ahead of myself, and we're going to you know wrap up this discussion, but... I think there's potential for possible spinoff with this character and maybe others. Like, I could I see that. To... Yeah, I, don't know. I agree. Well, well, guys, here's something, too, with her character. As long as she makes it through the series, um, maybe we get something with her and Quinlan. Because yep. what if she goes with him for the path for Kenobi to really help, you know, help transport, um, you know, the Force-sensitive people and all that. So... So they, uh, you know, maybe, the, you know, that could be a good redemption for her character. Of course, you know, she's been, like, redeemed a lot for all of us. But think about it this way. Like, if she would go from being, like, a menacing villain working with Dooku and the Emperor and everybody to, okay, now her character is basically going to be settled and ending at her helping save Force-sensitive kids and stuff. Like, that'd be a good full circle for her character, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I, I mean, nobody could have had this on their bingo card for Bad Batch trailer having a size Ventress. That, that that was literally shock treatment that we haven't seen in Star Wars in a very long time. I'm trying to think of the last time we got something like this in Star Wars where we thought a character for sure was dead and came back. Besides Rise of Skywalker, of course. Besides that, <laughs> I, I'm trying to rack my brain. Um and not being in the same series, mm -hmm. right? Not not being like, oh, it's I, it's Sabine and she's alive the next episode. Like like leading with a series reveal I, of a character living, and you're going, huh? I think the only um the only time was was the end of whatever Clone Wars season it was when Darth Maul gets revealed to be alive. I think that's there the you only, go, there you go. That's a big one. That. And then then the funny thing about that is we had to wait like a full season pretty much to see him. So it's like oh um that was that was wild because. Yeah, because it was like season three, I think, and then he didn't even appear to like either the end of season four or the beginning of season five. It was like a it was like a really big oh gap for Darth Maul to appear. Gosh. And like, you know, they just completely like dodged that storyline yeah. um just to build build suspense. So I think that was the last time we've had something like that. Um because I don't remember, like you said, the Emperor's kind of whatever. They announced that anyways. Um I mean the only other big shock value thing we've gotten from a trailer 
is when Thrawn walks out of the darkness and gets revealed. That's about it. Um, <laughs> that comes yeah. to mind anyways for me. Yeah, but that basically about wraps up the trailer. Um, so just looking quickly, I'm going to just run through real quick uh, the release schedule here. So February, tw February 21st, which let's see what day of the week that is. Okay, that's on a Wednesday and every episode after will be airing on Wednesdays. I'm wondering if they're going to if they're going to do a 9 p.m. approach. I really hope so. I'm so thankful that i'm and it's i'm only doing it to myself but the idea that me and bed would wake up at like 3 a.m or, or 5 a.m to watch these things whatever it was and um i'm like in the normalcy of just you know coming home from work and putting it on immediately not having to do that but so hopefully hopefully they do that we'll see it's good to have appointment viewing people especially for the final season to get people hyped on social media be like all right we're sitting down watching we could all react at the same time it's, it's a good time it's a good time. But anyway, yeah, so February 21st, episode one, Confined. Episode two, Paths Unknown. Episodes three, this is the, the big one here, Shadows of Tantis. February 28th, episode four, A Different Approach. March 6th, episode five, The Return. Uh, March 13th, we get two episodes. Episode six, Infiltration. Episode seven, Extraction. March 20th, episode eight, Bad Territory, March 27th, Episode 9, The Harbinger, April 3rd, we get two episodes again. Episode 10, Identity Crisis, Episode 11, Point of No Return, April 10th, Episode 12, Juggernaut, April 17th, Episode 13, Into the Breach, April 24th, Episode 14, Flash Strike, and the finale is airing on May 1st, Episode 15, The Calvary Has Arrived, hovering on that last one. I'm pretty sure that's like the first like dialogue that bad batch had in star wars was wrecker saying the calvary has arrived yep. <laughs> so that's kind of a yep. nice coming home full circle moment you know i could see um yeah that was an interesting dialogue that or um interesting title that stuck out to me also the harbinger one is an interesting one just because normally like the harbinger is usually like something bad like you know the yep. harbinger of death or yep. the harbinger of disease or like these things so that's an episode to be out on the lookout for for something maybe it won't be on the nose but there will be maybe some sort of easter egg to lead us into the final back half of the season that that's definitely an episode to put a pin on yeah i'm liking how they have a nice consistency of two episode releases peppered in within this season like you go three weeks it's another two episode another two episodes and that's great I, I like those longer form episodes especially with the first one being three episodes long that's a bona fide star wars movie practically that we're going to be watching on on february 21st and we're sure to see mount tantus on there so cannot wait cannot wait for that one yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a fun premiere also a little fun thing to throw out there um little little prediction leading into bad badge maybe you know we've had you know, the emperors in this. Maybe when we're around the Mount Tanta stuff, we get him talking to Thrawn at some point as a surprise cameo about whatever's going on at Tantus and stuff to like, you know, give Thrawn some ideas because Thrawn still hasn't been purgled away. So maybe maybe we get a little Thrawn cameo even with this Mount Tanta stuff. I don't think Thrawn technically existed yet. Cause this this seems spin. like Unless they do like a major time jump, I think Thrawn wasn't in the picture until like ten years after Revenge oh. of the Sith. That's mm. when he was first like discovered on that that um 
the oh, one planet point. there and a thing. So yeah, I don't think it's it's time yet. Although yeah, I guess Anakin could have told him anyway. Get in a time loop there, but <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I mean, I'm I'm excited as anybody. I'm very excited for this. I cannot wait. Finally, nice to have a date and some really cool tantalizing reveals in a trailer that I'm already hyped for the show to begin with, and now I'm even more hyped. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's gonna be a good time. So there you have it. There's our breakdown of the Bad Batch in frame by frame basis. Did we did we leave out anything? Did we leave out any big, big theories that you guys might have? Let us know in the comment section below or hit us up on social media. Tag us and tell us what you think you'd like to see in season three, the final season of the Bad Batch. Well, guys, it's been a wonderful episode Tell us where the people can find you online. I'll throw oh, it over can... to Milton. Yeah. So they can find me on Twitter or X at Milton Weber seven or Instagram at Milton seven Weber. There you go. And Ben. Yeah. You can find me. I'm talking about all this stuff on Twitter and or X and Instagram, both at real Ben Maynard. Yeah. And you can find me here on the YouTube uh, star raptor youtube channel and you can find us every sunday at 7 p.m eastern except for super bowl sunday in two weeks we're going to be probably pre-recording something or going str like earlier in the week or something like that we're going to find out we'll let you guys know at the first there will be something that week somehow some shape or form um because we know not everybody's attention is going to be on our stream that night that's for darn sure <laughs> um so we'll we'll save you guys the trouble um, but you can also download us on any podcast streaming app of your choice, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, whatever you like, go ahead, do that there, but please like this video, subscribe to this YouTube channel, and we'll see you all next week for Ben, for Milton, for I, Chris, AKA Starraptor. This was out of transmission number 138. May the force be with you always and transmission.